Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. are you? I hope you're having such a great day. I am so excited to be chatting with a very good friend today. So I'm going to wait for her to come on live. She is coming on live from all the way around the world from me, Perth, Australia. So I'm going to wait for her to come on and then we will get started. But we're going to be talking about um, attachment theory tonight and just how it plays out. So my special guest is coming on. Oh, hello there. I am excited for her to be able to share with you. She has been on my podcast before. She is a former foster youth. She lives in Australia and she is going to share with us about what it kind of looks like to like what happens to your attachment, what happened to her attachment when she went through kind of the trauma that she went through as a child. So hopefully she'll be coming on in just a few minutes. It is only, it is so 6.17 p.m. here for me. It is 6.15, 6.17 a.m a.m. the next day for her. So hopefully she's not too sleepy. I know she's, this is like the second time I've made her get out of bed early to come on and chat with me. So she should be here in just a minute or two. But anyways, she again has been on my podcast. She's amazing. Plus also has the best Australian accent. (laughs) I studied abroad in Australia and I just, I can't help it. I love it so much. I love the accent. Let me see here. Oh, she said she's ready. Okay. Okay, we're going to be talking about attachment theory, um, anxious attachment in purse in particular. So she should be on in just a minute. Okay, my friend, let's get you on here. So exciting. Hey, friends, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, good. Um, thanks for waking up early again. You're the best. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> all it's, good um, from Perth, Western Australia. <laughs> yeah, my first time really doing a live, and I was like, Am I getting a request? Or am I joining in? <laughs> I didn't even know that clear. Sorry. Pretty casual. Oh, uh, is that your new chair? Oh, I love that new chair, Queen. Yes, this is my yellow chair, and I love it. <laughs> well, thank you, Eva, for being here. You are such a delight, and I would love for you to share just a little bit of your backstory. I, I know we want to talk about attachment um, theory, and particularly anxious attachment, and kind of how that has like shown up for you, and what you're kind of doing about it now. Yeah, I think we've um, talked about it before in terms of like where my childhood kind of began and yeah, growing up in foster care and aging out of foster care, all of that kind of stuff where including my crucial younger years of attachment um, development, which yeah, it was very disordered. And I think when I was an adult was when I really kind of dug the uh, dug deep and kind of did the work to see where I fit in in terms of yeah how I've developed my attachment and I definitely think that I've had um, anxious attachment towards many relationships um, and especially my marriage that I can if I had to pinpoint and we've had to do the work uh, with both medical professionals and God to kind of work through that and uh, yeah for healing to be in that space of 
anxious attachment comes with so much fear as well, fear of abandonment and which then drives the people pleasing, uh, be everything, do everything, be amazing so that people won't leave you and that you won't be abandoned. Yeah, so that would probably be kind of my attachment, very mini backstory. But recently God's just been really calling me and nudging me into leaning into who he is and reminding me of his names, like the names of God. And one of the names that he specifically reminded me of was Jehovah Nissi, which means uh, God is our banner. And I was really thinking about this word. I was listening to this really, really old, um, actually, I'm not sure how old the song is, but it's called El Shaddai. And then Lecrae had done, <laughs> did like a remix, I think. And I've been listening to the song and in that song, it would just go through some of the names of God and it goes through Jehovah Nissi, you're my banner, you're my banner, and over and over again. And um, yeah, like sometimes, you know, it's I'm like, oh, that's a bit repetitive, but I need repetition to really, for it to stick for me. So I'm thinking, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me in terms of your name as a banner? Because um, everything else is very easy to kind of draw from like shalom or rafa it's like yes healing and peace like that's under i can understand that whereas banner i think is a little bit more of a abstract uh ambiguous concept for us now and the closest thing that we would do every day would be like a facebook or like a social media banner right like a linkedin yeah. or whatever so i was like okay well that does apply to me a social media banner is actually telling me, telling people something that I value, something that I uh, am under. Whereas if I think of a carnival, there is banner, there are banners that we kind of put up and go, hey, this is what we are. This is who we are. And it's an invitation to come under the banner. And it's an invitation for us. It's a celebration and an invitation. And I think that is, has been something that I was yes i understand that it's a celebration and invitation and god's been kind of nudging me to think about the other side the celebration and invitation is very much like a when you're in a place of high hopes when you're in a place of joy and fulfillment and all of that stuff the celebrate celebratory banner makes sense but mm -hmm. when you're in a place when you're in a place where everything feels like effort when you're in a place where you think you're doing everything and there seems to be no progress or very little progress, then that celebratory banner, I think, takes on a different role. And it then becomes a banner of declaration of who we are. It becomes a banner where, like a Roman standard in a battle, it becomes the banner where my eyes need to be focused on so that I look at it in battle and I go, that's who my eyes are fixed on that's who I'm fighting under. And because we are under a banner, I am not, even though I feel like I fight alone, I am not alone, that we are fighting um, together. And we're not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting the powers and principalities that go beyond just the flesh and blood. So he's been, and I think I've been in a valley season in the last few uh, weeks. So it's been just a real encouragement and the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart that, we are under the banner of God. And if the Lord is our banner, then we can have him as our celebratory father who we are under and that our identity fits and comes under that. And when we're in the valley place, 
we come under the same banner, but it takes on a different role. And I just love how versatile that is. Yeah, and just how practical and, and encouraging God is with, with a simple as a name, but the name of the Lord has power. And so mm -hmm. that, yeah, and yeah, just dismantling, I think, and unlearning some of the stuff that I've learned through anxious attachment. And then God is, yeah, reminding me of, who who I am and who we are and as children of God that we don't work for our salvation that we don't need to work for any of this and fruit isn't produced through exertion but a tree is deeply rooted and it's nourished and fruit comes as a result so yeah that's kind of where my head's been at recently so amazing and I'm just thankful for your vulnerability and your willingness to share that I think Sometimes when I work with clients around attachment work or anxious attachment, especially people will struggle with, um, you know, we've wor I've worked through this particular part of my anxious attachment. So now I feel like I'm headed towards more of a secure attachment. And then all of a sudden something will happen. A time of stress will come, a valley season will come and they'll be like, why am I struggling with this again? Like, I feel it's back. What do I do? What am I doing wrong? Has that ever happened to you? And then what do you do when and if that happens? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think <laughs> sometimes with trauma, it always feels like you are taking two steps forward and one step back and sometimes two steps forward and 10 steps back. And it's very, very true. Even with therapy, um, it gets worse before it gets better. And I think it's the endurance of us going healing is my responsibility and we need to stick it out and, you know, just kind of, even making tiny incremental progress when we do revert back to the anxious attachment. I think secure attachment has been more and more and more true for me when like with my husband, with my friendships, and I don't feel the need, I think, and I hope some of the listeners will feel a little bit of encouragement with this, that I do feel like we can change from, you know, change our attachment patterns from anxious or whatever else disordered to secure as we go through and do the work in community in a village but medical professionals and you know even the privilege in that I recognize because not everyone has access to the kind of community that is so healing and supportive but I think there are some ways maybe we can try and intentionally seek out those people who will lift us up and who will pour into us and um, in turn then as we freely receive then we can freely give rather than exerting ourselves to pour and pour and pour and never be in a position of receiving yeah and of course god he freely gives us and as um, parents foster parents or i'm a teacher you know we need to we need to employ wisdom in everything and i've been reading wisdom is something that god doesn't measure in giving he just pours out and i forgot the exact what verse but it says something along the lines of you know if you ask you just will have um the wisdom and it's very specific to the wisdom maybe i can put in the comments later but um yeah and it's and i was like oh I can have the wisdom that I need to employ in this situation. And it's not being clever or being, you know, overpowering, but in this particular situation, we can have wisdom. And I think even the intentionality of asking for wisdom already puts us in a position to employ it. Yeah. And I think secure attachment is a work that is slow um, because you have to first unlearn yes. so much before you can, you know, start relearning and uh, securely 
getting into that space it's hard work but i think it's it's one that is possible and it's one that's worth worth pursuing oh i just love every single thing that you said i'm so glad that i'm going to like keep this on the instagram feed and share it because i tell my clients that all the time i'm like it's not it is going to hurt it's going to be painful like that's why so many people are avoidant of therapy and i think too avoidant of god at times we're like this is going to be painful it's not going to be fun it's not going to be like a real time it's going to hurt before it starts to heal but that is the refining process that we're supposed to be coming through and then on the other side and like you said too being willing to be still and seek mm -hmm. wisdom because we are seeking it from a supernatural god who knows everything who sees everything who loves perfectly and that's the source so if we know that that's the source then we of ourselves need to sit and, and re receive, as you said, just not be, not be so intent on just keep going, going, pushing through it and giving out to other people, but allowing ourselves to be replenished and allowing ourselves to receive and to do the work for ourselves. Because even mm -hmm. if we have secure attachment, we need to still, there's still way, there's areas that we need to, to grow in. So, I love yeah. That. yeah, absolutely. And I don't think secure attachment is like the end goal and then you arrive, you are self-actualized. <laughs> I think when I do that, Sometimes I'm like, okay, here's the attachment, like quiz. What is it for you? What is it for you? And if I'm doing it in a group, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm anxious avoidant. And they're like, I'm secure. And I'm like, cool. But we all yeah. have, there's no end to the attachment work. Uh, well, thank you so much. You are just such a beautiful light in this world. I'm so thankful for you waking up early to share with <laughs> us. I am going to keep this posted. Is there anything else that you kind of want to leave us with um, as we end our day and you start yours? <laughs> yes, six six thirty here <laughs> in the morning. Six thirty PM here. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, first of all, thank you so much. I love the work that you do and I think it is so important uh to keep conversations in these spaces where sometimes it's just hard to even find a wholesome <laughs> wholesome content. Um and it's really nice to um, be able to feel like even in the online space when you might not have that community around you and I'm very thankful to have that community but to find this very specific niche space of foster care and attachment and trauma it's um yeah very very encouraging but I would love to leave with the fact that yeah maybe we can think about where what that banner of God represents for us right now in this season and whether it's a celebratory banner or a banner of declaration where you need to really come under the banner to rest, you know, yeah, we can maybe assess that and see, okay, what is, what does the banner of God mean to me right now? And how does that apply to my life? And also we don't need to be amazing for God to love us. <laughs> we don't need to do anything to earn anything from our heavenly father. So we can rest under his banner as his children and that's it. That's the end of story. We don't have to then do anything else. But while as we are firmly, firmly rooted in him, then we can be nourished um, in those seasons of drought because he is a source that never ends. And um, yeah, we can just really rest with him. That's the best news ever. <laughs> Thank you so much, my friend. I hope you have the best day and we'll talk soon. You too. Bye. Bye.